morning. How are y'all? Anxious? How are the rest of y'all? Good. Okay. Excellent. We've got um, some visitors, and we welcome visitors. We're glad that you're here, and family members, and people maybe who haven't been here in a while and have come back, and we're really glad that they're here. Um, welcome to 7th Street Christian Church. Uh, if you have a chance, you can um, register your attendance. I just want to clap. Yay! <laughs> well, you know how to make an entrance. I do. <laughs> I have to wait. Just, just. So <laughs> we have more room. It's more room. <laughs> There's no Assam seats here. Uh, for those of you who don't know Billy Will, she is. Uh, was very ill, was in the hospital for about four months, has been recovering for the last six weeks at home and getting, two months really at home and getting stronger. And we are glad that you're back. Welcome back. Where's Luke? Oh, okay. Good man. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. was always there and uh, thank you so much and I, I just can't say it you know words are just but comes from the feast of our mind <laughs> that old quote but anyway thank you I'm glad to be back awesome sauce um <clears throat> a few announcements uh I've been working really hard trying to get all the typos out of the bulletin. <laughs> um, the title of the sermon is not Waiting to Smith Us, because that doesn't make any sense, but Waiting to Smite Us. I'm not sure that that makes much more sense, but uh, no. Anyway. <laughs> Anyhow, um, several other things happening in the life of the church. Um, a couple of things I want to say, because y'all, like, everyone's sort of spread out. If there is someone you don't know, I encourage you to introduce yourself during the passing of the peace, okay? I get that, um, you know, we all like our own seats and we like our areas, but we don't always venture out. So I encourage you to introduce yourself maybe to someone you don't recognize, um, or you want to welcome them back, or what have you. Just, I can't do this alone, and I need all of us to, to do this together, okay? Uh, so, yeah, so meet someone new today, because we actually, well, we, some visitors are out. We definitely have some visitors here, so introduce yourself. A um, few other things happening. Uh, this Friday, July 27th, we are having a Faith Family and Friends cookout. Um, we are hosting it with Greenspring, um, our music academy partners. They are in the midst of their summer camps, um, and Friday will be the end of camp number two. Um, and so we are inviting uh, all the students and their families um, to, to, after their concert, to stay after, um, to play some games, and to have a cookout. So uh, turn to your neighbor and say, 
Friday, faith, family, and friends. Okay? Friday, faith, family, and friends. I don't want to hear, like, I didn't know about this. I didn't hear about this. Because that's, that's what happens. I get back to, like, I didn't know this was happening. Well, I, I don't know what to tell you. So, um, we also need help. Um, like, we're going to provide, 7th Street will provide, like, the things to, to grill the cookout. Um, but we need people to bring sides and or I need people to help me be like grill masters. Does that grill work up there? Okay, good. That's what I was thinking on. <laughs> so I'm going to pass this clipboard around and let people sign up. Also on this clipboard is a sign up for Liberation Veteran Services, which I'll come back to because Jamie's going to make an announcement about that. But also worship leader and prayers of the people. So we need people to participate and help out in worship. So um, we'll be passing this around and just let it circle around and get back to me. So, um, where's my list of stuff? Squirrels Gang can sign up in the Narthex. That is Thursday, August 9th. It's Faith Night. Um, it's $10 per person or $25 cap per family. Um, so we didn't want money to be an issue for people that have, because um, that could get pretty expensive. So, uh, you can sign up. We don't need your money now. We'll follow up with you. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, I think. Y'all, you guys in the strategic plan said you wanted to do more things together and have more fun together. Here you go. All right. Um, next Sunday is our fifth Sunday hymn sing. Um, I put some like pads um, in the in the pews. For you to like write down some hymns, suggestions, and numbers if you want. So write down your favorite hymn, put it in the offering plate. We'll uh, create a worship service around the hymn sing. Also next week um, will be the Green Spring Music Camp to help accompany with us in music. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, LVS, and whatever other announcements. Good morning. Um, Maybe there's an outreach ministry that you don't necessarily know about, but it happens every month. Um, faithful members of 7th Street prepare and serve a meal to about 15 veterans at Liberation Veteran Services on the first Sunday of every month. It's often done behind the scenes, but we want to get new people involved in preparing and serving. Um, so on Sunday, August 5th, there's an opportunity for folks to join in both cooking and in serving the meal. Um, I have about six spots to sign up for cooking at 9.30 a.m. that morning. We'll be making some baked ziti and some chicken parmesan and preparing a tossed salad. Um, and then at 12.15 after worship, we're going to pack up a car, take about six people o over to share and serve the meal. Um, with many of the friends there. Um, it's a residential program that helps veterans transition. Um, and so we would invite you to sign up on the <laughs> clipboard that is being passed around um, to both help prepare the meal and to serve it. So if you have any questions, feel free to see me about that. Yes, excellent. Um, and then finally, just want to lift up... Um, the Miss Forsman, Marjorie Forsman, who passed away this week. Um, I did not know her, but clearly I've heard that she was awesome, that she was a nursery attendant for 
40 plus years, um, and she passed away on her own terms um, at the age, young age of 91. Um, but we just wanted to make sure to share that news um, and to hold her family in our thoughts and our prayers um, and just give thanks for her, her life. So I don't think there's anything else. Oh, I was wrong. Joyce? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we are glad to have them. Yeah, it's been it's funny because there's several people that I knew were going to be out today, but then we've made up for it and other people who've been sprinkling back in. Carlisle, it's good to see you back and um Kirsten and Billy and Luke, so um, but we welcome everyone here, and we're glad that we're glad that we're all able to worship together today. So, um, without further ado, let us prepare our hearts to worship God.
Good morning. Please join with me in the call to worship, and then immediately following the call to worship, the opening hymn, number 25, verses 1, 3, and 5. Wrap yourselves in the healing love of God. Know that God continually surrounds us with patience and persistence. Rejoice, great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. join in the confession. We are called in our faith journey to turn our lives to the Lord, to turn away from all those things which have harmed us and others, to separate ourselves from actions and attitudes that demean and destroy. It is far too easy for us to sink into the mire of self-pity and self-serving attitudes wondering why everything isn't coming our way. We want comfort, contentment, no stress, no struggle. Yet our lives are filled with stress and discontent. We hurt, Lord. We hurt in our bodies and our souls. We hurt in our relationships with others. How we must try your patience. We don't want to be like this. We want to feel the warmth of your love, the freedom of your spirit, and the joy of serving you. Selfishness and stupidity, 
feel us grasping these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You are given another chance. God has heard your cries. Turn again to the Lord. Find comfort and strength in God's eternal love for you. Be healed. Amen. With God, let us now offer the peace of Christ to one another. I love this part. <laughs> it's awesome. You hate to wrap that part up. The first reading today is from the book of Psalms, chapter 63, verses 1 through 8. Oh God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call your name. My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast. My mouth praises you with joyful lips. When I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. The word of the Lord.
Or there's a whole section of the bulletin that can talk about that. Our second reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, and I invite you to actively listen or to follow along in your pew Bibles. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or what about those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still there is none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? And the gardener replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year, until I dig around it and put manure on it, and and it will bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, then you can cut it down. The word of the Lord. There is a story about a friend's grandfather who had several near-death experiences. The first was when he was serving in the Second World War. And he and one of his army buddies decided to go joyriding with an army vehicle. And the vehicle went off a cliff. And the friend died. But Grandpa didn't. And a few short weeks later, he was involved in a training exercise when a stray bullet went right for him. But timing had it that he had ducked down to pick up a cigarette that he had dropped. And the bullet flew right over him. After the war, a man came came back to the United States and he married and started a job that required him to take a train daily into the city. And one day while on that train, another train rear-ended it. And 78 people died. But not Grandpa. The man climbed out of the train window and stumbled to a nearby payphone and called his wife for a ride home. Death left him alone for a while after that. But there's nothing like near-death experiences or even three 
to help you realize just how precious life is. I'm sure we have all had near misses in life. A car accident that could have killed us. A battle with a severe illness that leaves us grateful for a second chance. In the first half of our story this morning, Jesus is capitalizing on a memory of some recent horrors in the community. And he does this to stress the unpredictability of life. Not everyone gets a second chance. The first story that Jesus is recounting is about a recent atrocity that would have been well known to the disciples. How Pontius Pilate had murdered a group of Galilean pilgrims as they were making sacrifices in the temple. And the second shocking story, again, tragedy from local news, known to his hearers, about a tower that had fallen on innocent bystanders, killing them. And Jesus asked, do you think that they were worse offenders than anyone else living in Jerusalem? No. But unless you, will, unless you repent, you will perish just as they did. Too often, our culture, and unfortunately many preachers, like to equate unfortunate events with sin and punishment. We try to make sense of why things happen, and particularly bad things. When hurricanes hit or a fire destroys a community, we hear that it's because God is angry. That a country has strayed from its Christian roots. And these are not fair assumptions. But they do provide a way of distancing ourselves from the pain of others. When something bad happens, we make a bargain with God that if we live a relatively ordered and cautious life, then we will be safe from asteroids or terrorism or disease. And when misfortune does happen to us or those we love, we suddenly become a theologian and asking, God, why do bad things happen to good people? I know it's difficult to accept that stuff happens. Bad things happen to good people and to bad people. And no matter who we are or what we have done, none of us are free from the calamities of life. And so our story today encourages us to consider what we do with this one precious life. Second chance or not. And Jesus stresses that we shouldn't wait for second chances. When a world of possibilities are at our fingertips, what are we going to do with it? 
Today, we hear Jesus tell the story of the fig tree. The fig tree has not done much. It hasn't lived up to its promise. A man, Jesus says, has a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and when he came looking for fruit on it, he he found none. So he says to the gardener, see here, it hasn't produced anything for three years, and so I want you to cut it down. And the gardener replies and insists, just let me work with it for one more year, and I know it's going to produce fruit. And if it doesn't, then you can cut it down. Now, I'm somewhat of a connoisseur of figs. And by that, I mean I love fresh figs. I used to have a fig tree back in North Carolina. I can spot a fig tree from about 100 yards away. I did so yesterday. And I once wrote a paper in seminary about how fig trees and figs are Christ-like because they defy the market economy. Something to know about fig trees, they are really, really finicky. They don't often bear fruit for the first several years. And if they do, it's real slim pickings. And you have to compete with the birds and the ants. So honestly, this story begs a lot of questions for me. How long has this fig tree been around? Is it new? Is it diseased? What about the weather? Has the weather been cooperating? Was there a harsh winter? And why is the landowner so impatient and so destructive? And of course, since this is a parable, we then have to ask ourselves, what does this story say about God? Is God the landowner and Jesus the gardener? And are we the fig tree? And if so, why is God ready to smite us if we aren't bearing fruit? Are we expected to always bear fruit? It is the fruitful part that's a roadblock for me. As a woman, all I hear in the scripture from Genesis is to be fruitful and multiply. This expectation as a woman to bear a child, the knowing that in society this is where a woman's worth is derived, and particularly in first century But what if you can't bear children? What if you don't want to bear children? And maybe you can't relate to this part. Okay. But there's still more to the fruitful roadblock. What do we do in those times in our lives when being fruitful, when being productive, just seems like an impossibility? What do we do when we just can't? We can't because we're going through a really hard time. And nothing seems to be going right. When we are unemployed or money is tight. 
when we are struggling to navigate the challenges of depression or mental illness. We would so love to get out of our own headspace, our own mud and muck of our lives to focus on nurturing something good and beautiful and life-giving, but we just can't. Or what about as we grow older and our minds can no longer keep up with our bodies? What do we do when our body is plagued with cancer and our spirit is still so alive, but our body just can't keep up with our desires? What in the world does it mean to be fruitful in the midst of feeling lost? This text usually pops up during Lent. That time of 40 days leading up to Easter when we dedicate ourselves to deeper reflection and repentance. And often what is preached on in this story is that we only have so much time and we may or may not have a second chance and so we must turn from our evil ways, we must repent We must get our butt into gear or we're going to be judged. But what if we could open our minds to a different understanding of repentance? What if instead of a focus on self-condemnation and guilt, Repentance focused on acknowledging our own suffering and pain. What if it was a movement toward building more self-worth than the voices in our heads have told us? Imagine repentance being about constant discovery. A willingness to discover who you are and who God is and what God desires for you in all phases of your life. What if, in repentance, we remember that no matter who we are, each one of us is vulnerable. Vulnerable to illness and destruction and bad luck and job loss and vocational chaos and floods and fires and trees falling on our house and loved ones dying. We are all vulnerable because we are all human. What if instead of distancing ourselves from the pain and placing blame on others, we repent by turning toward each other? That we embrace each other's pain. And therefore, being repentant, being fruitful, is about being fully human to each other. 
Jesus' life teaches us to do just that. Jesus' humanity led him to be vulnerable to every disease and every weakness and every injury and every danger. He never tried to be different from us or above the threat or distance himself from the misfortune. He chose to enter into the pain of others. He entered into the pain of the cross and in doing so became even more human. And Jesus was fully human to us. What might our lives look like if we chose to live in that way? To be fully vulnerable to ourselves and to each other. And a kind of vulnerability that cultivates compassion and empathy. Imagine audibly acknowledging to our spouse that something is wrong. Or choosing to stop chemo treatment for quality of life over quantity. Or making the courageous move to seek counseling. Or the courageous move to choosing to love. Or stepping out of our comfort zones to speak words to justice. Or choosing to forgive. These are all such difficult things. And yet it is a channel to living life to the fullest. This story is situated among lost parables. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son. All stories about things being lost, but also about being found. And at first glance, it might not seem like this story is about being lost, but the parable of the fig tree is a story about making sure that one doesn't lose their life by not making the most of it. The pathway to being found is in being Christ-like, fully human to ourselves and fully human to each other. What might it look like if we are willing to be found? I invite us to stand together and join our voices in our hymn of commitment. We will sing verses 1, 2, and 4 of hymn 66.
may be seated. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. How often are we like the owner of the barren fig tree, O God? We don't always see the fruits of our prayers in tangible ways around us. So like the owner that asked for the tree to be cut down, we begin to doubt your ability to respond to our prayers and abandon the practice altogether. But each week here in worship, we take a moment to pause in prayer together, to offer our gratitude, our hopes, our longings, and our worries to you. Hear us, O oh God, as we call out to you. We pause in silence to be mindful of the many gifts you bestow upon us. We know that each gift is a privilege. The food we eat, the clean drinking water that hydrates us, the shelter that protects us from the storms. May we live more modestly and humbly so that those gifts are shared with others that need them rather than for ourselves. May we live more generously, knowing that we are blessed to be a blessing unto others. We give thanks for the gift of music and the ways in which music brings joy to our souls and healing to our hearts. Be with all of the teachers and students participating in the Greenspring Music Camps in these coming weeks. Cultivate in them a love for learning and a passion for making music that transforms our world. We mourn with those whom have suffered losses this week. Those that have lost jobs, those that have lost homes and places of work due to flooding, those that have lost family members and friends, especially those in the boating accident this past week in Missouri. Be with each of those grieving unique losses. Surround them with your gracious presence and uphold them with your unyielding love. In moments of recreation and summer fun, keep us safe, God. You have called us to play and enjoy your creation, and may we do so surrounded by your guardian spirit. Be with our youth that are away at camp and be with their leaders and directors. May their experiences shape them and form them as members of the body of Christ. May they be encouraged to be bold in their faith and generous in their grace toward others. We pause now to lift the prayers that are on our hearts that have gone unspoken, but that you know by your Holy Spirit.
in our coming and our going, in our waking and our sleeping. Be with us, dear God. Help us to be peacemakers by sharing in your reconciling work today and every day until you come again. We pray all of this in your son's name. Amen. We give thanks. And one way that we express our gratitude is through the sharing of our tithes and offerings. So I ask the question, what are you grateful for this week? May we express those moments of gratitude in the sharing of our tithes and offerings. Let us pray. What abundance we, ha we have of all that you have shared with us, God. With full and grateful hearts, we share our gifts 
And may you bless them and multiply them, and may they be used courageously and wisely to bring about your beloved community here on earth. Amen. You may sit down. Again and again, we return to you, most welcoming God. Again and again, we seek your face, searching for that glint of grace in your eyes, for that insightful word from your tongue, for that compassionate smile on your countenance. Again and again, we sit at your feet, learning to love more often and more tangibly, to give more selflessly, more unreservedly, to listen more carefully and to speak more boldly. Again and again, we share your table, marveling at the abundance of your life, at the wellspring of your imagination, at the hope that we find when we rest in you. Let us prepare our hearts for communion. As we gather around the table, we remember the story that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, this bread is like my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and blessed it and gave it to them and said, the wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins, poured out to give you new life. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. 
Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we come to this table today asking for your forgiveness for our many sins and shortcomings. Send your spirit in this place as you hear us praying. May we be fertilized here so that like the fig tree, we may bear fruit and spread your word to others. As we eat this bread, send us love, power, and grace. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Dear Father, thank you for all of the patience you have shown us even when we have not put our best foot forward. Sometimes it is hard to try to live our lives as you would like us to. We sometimes forget to be forgiving and patient and helpful with one another. Let us remember to uphold your example of how we should behave toward one another by loving each other and respecting the differences in all of the people. We pray that we can fulfill your vision of peace and kindness, therefore spreading your joyful word throughout the world. Let us go drink this cup and go forth as your little pockets of sunshine each day, shedding your light where there is darkness, making your world a better place to live, spreading all the joy that you have put in our hearts to be shared with all others. Let us fill their cups full of sunshine as you have kept our cups full of your love. Amen.
the cup of love. Let us pray. Holy, gracious God, here at this table, your promise of life is made tangible. We have rested in the depth of your love. We have tasted your nourishing, nurturing presence. Together at this table, you have offered us life. And together by your grace, we accept the life you offer. And we give thanks. We pray this in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us stand and join our voices in our closing hymn, Amazing Grace, which is actually on page 546. Receive this benediction from the great theologian, 
Irma Bombeck. When I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I, I would not have a single bit of talent left, and I could say, I used everything you gave me. Go now in peace to love and serve your Lord. Amen. <laughs>